Mitsubishi Triton. What a disaster coming up in 2022. At least they're letting all the passengers know nice and early that the train is going to crash. I suppose that's something. I'm John Cadogan from AutoExpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap for buyers here in Australia. Website for that, obviously. Oh, you can just click the car that's up there now, dude. Let us get a few things straight, okay? The next Mitsubishi Triton is going to be a Dungbox Navara under the skin. They're going to try to make it look like a Triton rather than just slap a few badges on haphazardly, but they are hoping against hope that you won't notice. This is like living proof that some organisations will trowel icing sugar endlessly on a dog turd in the sincere hope that you're too stupid to know that you're not actually buying a birthday cake at all. This upcoming Navarified Triton fiasco is every flavour of automotive industry bad idea, destructively distilled, concentrated and weaponised. It's weaponised in the media. Like, just watch over the next few months. The mainstream automotive media and its addiction to advertising revenue. The world's worst incentive to say anything publicly. Proudly throwing you under the bus while the media strives to become a de facto delivery system of spin for the car industry. Reports the next Mitsubishi Triton will be an identical twin to the Nissan Navara are wide of the mark, with Mitsubishi's design boss confirming the new truck will, quote, keep a strong brand identity. That's the lead paragraph from that story in Cars Guide. Dude, this is how the cake of appeasement gets baked. Thank God! Strong Mitsubishi brand identity, protected, safe and sound. We can all sleep soundly tonight. It's not until the very last paragraph of this puff piece, personal opinion, that we learn, if that's the right word, the next-gen Triton will share its platform with the Nissan Navara, and while the appearances will be different, the critical mechanicals won't be, with engines, transmissions, drivetrains, steering and suspension to be shared across the vehicles. Isn't that last bit, you know, that pesky fundamental detail, actually the most important and relevant aspect of this story, at least as far as the audience is concerned? Like, why put it at the end? Why not identify it just a little as the monumentally arse-up decision it is. You know, a little bit of criticism, it couldn't hurt. I suppose I am just a bit of a dinosaur who believes one of the roles of good journalism in society, like motoring journalism in this case, is to call car makers out when they make indefensibly stupid decisions such as this. I'm funny like that. Anyway, as you know, I own a Triton GSR, current model, like last year's model, but same thing. And I'm not a fanboy. It's been okay, but, but I bought it because after some detailed analysis, 
it was the best ute for what I wanted to do, which was basically building Fat Cave 2.0. Work in progress there. Fuck COVID to the moon. I mean that most sincerely. Being able to use four-wheel drive in high range on a high traction surface is a major plus for the Triton. Like it is when you've got the steep, curvy driveway from hell, which is also slippery when wet. I also did not object all that hard to the Triton being like 12 grand cheaper than a roughly equivalent Ranger. And I do know it's a breach of the motoring journalist's code of ethics to buy a car with your own money, but hey, it allows me to tell you that I also think it's a bit of a bastard that the top spec Triton does not come with adaptive crews especially when the top-spec Pajero Sport does. Like, what were they thinking? Middle me that. Anyway. Navarification of the Triton is occurring because of the Renault-Nissan-Mitsubishi alliance, which is a bi-Japanese-Franco three-way when none of the participants is especially thrilled to be intimately engaged with the other two. It's a three-way of economic necessity rather than just an alcohol-fueled, pleasure-seeking experiment. There are good three-ways and bad three-ways, clearly. This is the bad kind. The upshot of which is endless, bean-counter-driven striving for automotive efficiencies, which is kind of a roundabout way of saying the brands themselves are just increasingly empty marketing exercises. And Mitsubishi is largely pretty sick right now financially, like just 1.7% market share back home in Japan. That's got to be viewed with some disdain in the boardroom, I have to say. Even more concerning is the operating profit per vehicle for Mitsubishi in Southeast Asia. 279,000 yen profit per vehicle in fiscal year 2015 versus 49,000 yen in 2020. That's according to Nikkei Asia. And that's about three and a half grand in Schitzvillian micro pesos in 2015 and a little over 600 bucks last year. This is what stepping into a friggin' avalanche feels like, I guess. So it's kind of dire. And just for comparison, Toyota made about 4,400 bucks Australian per vehicle in Asia last year, which is slightly up on five years ago, despite the pandemic. They might be the king of mediocrity, but they are rock solid and even rat cunning on the product. So this Renault, Nissan, Mitsubishi thing is a three-way in which Mitsubishi was late to the party and never actually gets to go on top. In fact, if it's a race to the bottom in Japan, Honda, Nissan and Mitsubishi appear to be going for gold in Tokyo. Being in the three-way is the only way for Mitsubishi and Nissan to remain neutrally buoyant on their balance sheets. The Navarification of Triton is going to happen next Japanese financial year. And this is a done deal, apparently, right? So if you're going to buy a Triton, you'd want to do this in an informed way between now and then, in my view. The Japanese financial year kicks off, appropriately enough, in this case, on April Fool's Day of 2022. There are some reports of a hybrid Triton being part of the plan, but, dude, you can bet your left nut and probably also its dizygotic twin. 
that Australia will be one of the last markets to get that hybrid, if at all. Thanks, ScoMo. Fleet emissions regulatory policy working well. Dickhead. Here are the top problems with putting Mitsubishi's icing on the underlying shit sandwich we call Navara. The price of Triton is going to have to skyrocket. Like, dude, look at the facts. The current Triton GSR is about 53 grand before on-road costs, and Shitbox Navara Pro 4X, the current one, is about 61,000 bucks, which is 15% more. And to a bean counter, this is a dead easy problem to solve, right? You just ramp the price of Triton and hope that nobody notices. Yeah, that's going to burn quite a few existing Triton customers. So I guess Mitsubishi's sales executives are looking pretty closely right now at what Isuzu MUX sales are doing. Because this is exactly the mad experiment that Isuzu is running with the new MUX. I suppose if it goes hand grenade shaped, they can blame it on COVIDflation like everything else. Or, I suppose they could despec it to keep the price more palatable and just run a test. See how many idiots there are out there whom they might entrap with a sports bar and a blacked out grill. Yes. That could always stand a chance of working. We are talking about Australians. So, alternatively, they could just sell poverty-packed Tritons until the frigging cows come home. Because they've decided in the three-way management boardroom, like right at the top, that Navara is really the main game now and Triton's really just a sideshow. This Navarification of Triton is of course completely, monumentally at odds with the market and its unequivocal preference for Triton, at least here in Shitsville, that's how we roll. Last year, Mitsubishi sold 15,649 Triton 4x4s against 9,777 Navaras. That's 60% more Tritons. And this is actual people spending actual money. And I know something about this because I was one of those people voting in this way, telling car makers which vehicle they prefer. And this is not just empty lip service, like ring someone up on a survey and ask them how they feel. This is people putting around downrange at 50,000 bucks a shot. You'd be an idiot not to listen, therefore, if you were selling these vehicles. The ute market is overwhelmingly 4x4 here, right? But the same trend was absolutely evident in the 4x2s, albeit at smaller scale. 2,487 Tritons versus 1,709 Navaras, which is 46% more Tritons in 4x2ville. Neither of these results is a photo finish, okay? You don't need the video ref, and therefore, in the very simple domain of what do people actually want, and how can we just give them more of that? Would it not make a lot more sense to concentrate on Triton as the main game and then just slut out a few hastily adapted Tritons over to Nissan to rebadge conveniently instead? Because the Tritonification of Navara would actually be a win for Navara. In a sane world, Triton is the big dog, however you look at it. At least it is in this fight. Admittedly, Triton's still a bit Pomeranian compared with Ranger and Hilux, okay? But it's still in the top 10 vehicles overall, and Navara 
is not. However, do not underestimate the gross stupidity of large organisations, especially when they're all luxuriating in the hot tub, hating each other. As I already alluded, Mitsubishi has this really clever Super Select 2 transfer case, which allows four-wheel drive in high range on a high traction surface. It's so useful, quite sophisticated and brilliantly well executed and proven endlessly out there in service. Navara, like most Utes, simply cannot do that, unless you want to break something. They run instead with the 1950 Massey-Ferguson approach, which would be two-wheel drive only on high traction surfaces, unless you want to make a very expensive mistake. So it seems that Triton is going to lose one of its critical benefits over the competition in becoming a hastily cloned Navara. And of course, you would have to be a proper thinking person to understand the operational significance of this. They certainly will not put it in the brochure. In other words, the driveline in 2022 Triton seems certain to take a big fat step backwards towards the Jurassic. Disaster number four, whatever, here. Nissan does not spin a wagon off the back of its Navara design, okay? So what happens to Pajero Sport? There's 6,000 sales up for grabs right there. And that's one sure way for Mitsubishi to get a Christmas card from Ford, Toyota and Isuzu just to step out of a perfectly serviceable, even lucrative market of seven-seat 4x4 wagons. And they're about to kiss Pajero goodnight as well. Dudes, pro tip, that's not how brands succeed. Frankly, I do not mind at all the fact that I own the last independently Mitsubishi Triton. The best Triton they ever made, as I am certain history will remember it. A bit of a classic even, perhaps, I don't know. It can't hurt the resale though, can it? The one with a better transfer case, better power to weight ratio, and a smaller turning circle, among other advantages. That Navara three-way engine. Now, just do this for me as an experiment, okay? Say the following words out loud. Renault twin turbo common rail diesel engine. Does that sound like a good idea to you? I guess it depends who you ask. Like, it's got to be the dealer principal's kids through private school in one hit right there. Perfect. In that case, like, just perfect. Yes. I'm sure there's some 20-page PowerPoint presentation with attendance spreadsheet detailing all of the compelling reasons why that 2.3-litre self-destruction machine is the perfect three-way ute power plant henceforth. I'm equally certain it just being a better engine is not one of those reasons, okay? It can't be. Not to mention the brilliant rear suspension setup that's inconveniently not designed to carry a decent load or tow something properly heavy. Like, why fit leaf springs when a five-link coil-sprung abomination in the dual-cab Navara will do? There is a brief history lesson on this, of course. Nissan did a deal with the devil a few years back, and they copped a fat stack of cash from... Uh, Old mate three prong 
Yes. So that three-prong could appropriate the Nissan pickup design package and then IQ test its customers. The test being, how about we find out if you lot were dumb enough to buy a hastily once-overed Navara for 30 grand more, only with the coveted prongs front and rear, so... Six prongs in total. The Edward prong hands of pickups. Sadly, the population appeared insufficiently gullible, and X-Class died in its infancy. Requiescat in pace. Frankly, though, that's a good result for automotive health, generally. You'd agree. But unfortunately, this did not happen before Three Prong had arranged all of those jeans and work boots and check shirts and chewing tobacco and banjo lessons for all of the mid-level managers in Stuttgart. And those smoking pipes you can make out of a corn cob. Sort of a crash course in the ute buyer appreciation domain. Obviously, one of the principal bending over and copying it aspects on the Nissan side of this somewhat unholy arrangement was the five-link coil spring ride, okay, which was necessary to accommodate the sensitivities of the average three-prong owner to support his my other car is a real Mercedes-Benz bumper sticker. Coil springs are, of course, great for ride quality, provided the vehicle is unladen. Which is great if you're a suit in a ute carrying that soy caramel latte to your job as a marketing director for no logo, gender non-specific apparel. Yes, good on you too. Unfortunately, the coil rear also kind of sucks at actual load carrying and heavy towing, so oh well. Something's got to give, and in this case it would be the rear springs. See... Leaf springs are kind of agricultural, but they are a lot better at load carrying. It's very easy to make a leaf spring package variable rate. You just build up the spring package with a couple of lower leaves that just float and don't get engaged until they're kind of heavily loaded. And of course, in addition to that, a leaf also resolves the load into the chassis at two points versus just one point of load resolution for a coil. So there's also that sort of significant win for chassis load distribution with the leaf spring design. And it's hard to get over both of those things with a coil, no matter how clever. This is all pretty important stuff in the ute domain, especially if you are dragging a big, fat, acoustically transparent aluminium chitois all the way to Dingo Piss Creek. <laughs> and you're on a deadline, right? You need to get there in time for the big bush pig bicentennial or something of that nature, Australia. More than anything else though, this Navarified engine transfer case and rear end in particular, those arrangements proved to me that lunatic bean counters are running the three-way asylum at headquarters at least. And also sadly, there seems to be very little doubt that the cancer of X-Class lives on in the current Navara and it is soon to metastasize into the 2022 Triton. So if you'd permit me a brief moment of sincerity, or at least the opportunity to suppress and suspend my on-camera alter ego for just a moment, this is really so fundamentally sad. <laughs>